This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazley Lambray, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother, my compadre, on the west side of Los Angeles. Was Como estas? Está muy bien. Está muy bien. Always great to see you, big brother Waz. Same, man. You know I just came back from Cartagena, so my, my Spanish is there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How was uh, that? Barely. Oh, it was a we'll do it. Time. We'll do it for the Patreon. We'll do a subscribers only. Oh, uh, subscribers only. <laughs> <pod>. <laughs> really yeah, the... happened at the bachelor party? <laughs> yeah, that's for the Patreons for sure. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, uh, just Cartagena is just a—it's really just a magical place. Um, yeah. And I was telling somebody when I came back, um, actually my girlfriend, I was telling her uh, the first time I went, I guess I was just way drunker and doing way more partying, but like. I didn't realize how African the place is. Yeah, dude. You know, like, there's just a lot of black people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of Colombians are African descended, even if they are, you know, also descended from indigenous folks or Spaniards like yourself. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, a lot of a lot of Colombians are black, um, which I don't know. You know, as much as I as I poo-poo and lampoon racial essentialism. Um, yeah. On this show, I did find myself that the heartstrings were tugged seeing mm. my people out in Colombia, Nando. I produced a music video in Colombia um, in 2010, and uh, so a while ago. But as part of it, we went to this town called San Palenque de Basilio. And the town is kind of in the middle of nowhere, it's in a very remote area, very difficult to get to. And the town is all black, and it was founded by escaped slaves. Wow. And the people there are descendants of, of, of those people. So some slaves escaped from uh, plantations uh, somewhere in Colombia, and they basically ran away and founded this little town away from the, the, the masters. And they never got caught. They never got found because it was just so hard to get to. And so they lived there and created their own kind of culture, their own musical culture. They have this like strange little language um, that's kind of a mix between Spanish and and some of the you know the languages that they brought over from Africa. Um, it's a pretty cool little story. I mean, they, they, the descendants of those people that, that live there now are all descendants of of escaped African slaves. So yeah, there's a ton of black people in Colombia. That's incredible. And yeah, just you know, just to tie a bow on that, it just reminded me that like. The people who we interface with, especially here in America, who happen to be from certain countries, right? Like, I think about Colombians who I went to high school with. Uh, isn't Shakira Colombian? Am I making that yeah, up? She yeah, yeah, like, she is. Yeah, she is. It's 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 all, like, you know, sort of fair-skinned, light-skinned people. So in my mind's eye, these are Colombians. This is what all Colombians. Always watch, always look at the soccer teams. 
you know? Right, right. To, know, to understand the real racial makeup of a country, yes. look at the soccer team. You know, France is full of Africans and yeah. black people. Yeah. You know, there's some white guys too, but, you know. Yeah. The Colombian and people Col and, you know, Middle Eastern homies, Arabs totally. and all that, yep. Yeah, a Colombian soccer team, you know, there's a white, there's some white guys on it and there's a ton of black guys on it, yeah. you know? The, um, uh, same with, like, Ecuador and, uh, you know, Peru has, like, has black people. Like, yeah, you know, there's there's all over the place. It's incredible. Um, So, yeah, it's just something to keep in mind when I think about Pan-Africanism and the African diaspora, man. We got some brothers and sisters in South America, and we need to not forget about that. So on today's show, man, we wanted to talk about this Norfolk, um, free, Norfolk Southern train disaster, toxic chemical spill, explosion, pollution. It's as the days have gone on, this shit has gotten a lot worse. Um, and the more we learn about this company, the more fucked up we realize that it is. Um, and it's interesting because we're about to play this clip from Bernie Sanders sort of grilling the CEO of the company on Capitol Hill about like, okay, like, now the microscope has been put on y'all asses. You're finally taking under consideration that people who work for you should get seven sick days a year. Like, really? A company that can afford to give their shareholders $10 billion with a B dollars in stock buybacks? Can't give their people seven unpaid sick leave? And so the more we look at this, the, the worse it gets. But Jerv, please play that, that Bernie clip for us, brother. Go ahead, country, I think, was shocked to learn a number of months ago that your employees, rail workers, who work in dangerous, a dangerous job in all kinds of weather, had zero uh, paid sick days. Now, I know that is beginning to change, but I would ask you, given the fact that Norfolk Southern provided $10 billion in stock buybacks recently, can you tell the American people and your employees right now that in order to improve morale in your workforce, that you will guarantee at least seven paid sick days to the 15,000 workers you employ? I do know you've made some progress. You increased paid sick days for some of your workers. Will you do what most Americans think is pretty obvious, that when you get sick, you get guaranteed paid sick days? Will you make that commitment right now to your entire workforce? Senator, with our latest agreement with our employees, which included a historic 24% wage increase and access to premium health care benefits, we immediately pivoted to talking to each of our local... I, I do want, I've been deeply involved. I introduced the amendment on the floor. I know the issue. But what I'm asking you right now, you provided paid sick days to some of your employees. I got it. Thank you. Will you now do it? What most America, what we get here in Congress, our employees get sick, they get paid sick days. Will you make that commitment right now to guarantee paid sick days to all of your workers? That's not a radical demand. It really is not. Will you make that commitment, sir? Senator, I share your focus on our employees. I will commit to continuing to discuss with them important quality of life issues with our local craft colleagues. In all due respect, you sound like a politician here, Mr. Shaw. <laughs> it's not a deal. 
Paid sick days is not a radical concept in the year 2023. I am not hearing you make that commitment to guarantee that to all of your workers. Clearly, we should have that for every worker in America. I'm not hearing that commitment. Will you make that commitment, sir? Senator, I'm committed to continuing to speak to our employees about quality of life issues that are important to them. All right. Well, I'm chairman of the Health Education Labor Committee. We look forward to having that discussion. <laughs> you got to love it. Bernard Sanders. Um, the best. There will the never best. be another. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, you would hope that in, in, a, in an ideal world, our freaking president would be using his bully puppet, pulpit, excuse me, um, to use the example of not just those workers, but we're going to get into what's going on to the people in the town. Um, to be like, yo, we need to do right by... And, the, and, and what strikes me, Nando, is that this company, like, a company I've never heard of, <laughs> making billions of billions of dollars. They have all of these employees. They're just chugging along, right? Like, nobody's paying attention. Their employees have no voice. Like, they can't really do anything to make their lot in life better. Well, um, they can't do that because when they try to strike... The Democrats, led by Joe Biden, intervene to make the strike illegal. Yes. I mean, that's straight up what yeah. happened there. You know, mm -hmm. the Democrats made the strike illegal. And then, I mean, the fact that this this like airborne toxic event thing happened just a few months later and it was directly tied to, you know, deregulation of the rail industry. <sighs> the um the the fact that they kind of they, they put like two guys like two workers on these trains that are like miles and miles long you know what i mean because they need to cut labor costs as much as possible um the fact that this happens you know obviously months after the democrats crush uh their 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 union um biden still hasn't gone to to east palestine ohio like he just hasn't gone like he's just they said like trump's, he, he been, Buttig there. trump's been there pete Buttigieg went after trump and he looked like a total dweeb uh in the hard hat and glasses and biden hasn't been there and been like and it's just like it's so weird like the democrats don't understand something really fundamental of, I mean, just just from a pure kind of political lens it's like they think that like if a disaster happens on their watch they'll be blamed for it. Whereas like, that's not really how it works. Like if a disaster happens on your watch, like say 9-11, you fucking go to nine, you go to ground zero, you stand you there, the like you're the president, you rally the troops, you, you fucking, you know, Hello. you rally support, you know, like shit happens. People understand that shit happens. You have to like go, what, you, what they want is for you to show backbone leadership, you know, some sort of, you know, that you give a shit about it. You know what I mean? Like that, and the fact that this, this when this happened, there was a kind of weird thing in that the media wasn't really covering it that much. It was just kind of a footnote. And I'm like, this is a big, this is like, this is like Exxon Valdez, you know, yeah. like this is fucking chemicals just pouring into the, the atmosphere of this community, these people, you know? Um, and, it, and it really wasn't until there was, you know, some kind of activism, um, especially by the part of some of the, like the left media, like guys like David Sirota, who was just like all over this from day one, that they finally made this an issue, but this was like a big deal. Like we these these toxic spills with these kind of weird ass fucking chemicals that no one's ever heard of. The effects that they may have on the like the medium and long term effects that they may have on people are completely impossible to 
really know right now. You know, they don't know what it means to be breathing in these things for months and like what, what effects that may have on your cancer rates and shit like that going down the road. Like, remember that movie, Aaron Brockovich, like, they wouldn't be surprised this if something exactly like... exactly what this, the movie was about. Literally this. This is exactly it. So... Yeah, yeah it's... it's Man, it's crazy because the, the reason why that's a stupid political calculation and, you know, and we talk about this stuff all the time on the show where we're like, yo, I, we get it. Like, people are sort of mired in the muck of this culture shit and partisanism um, and, and, and all of that stuff. Like, we get it, but like, when the rubber hits meets the road, the shit hits the fan or any other euphemism you want to use, bro, like that shit gets thrown out the window. They want to know that the people in charge, whether they be Democrat or Republican, whether this is a conservative county or not, I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Like you're supposed to show up like this is we say this all the time. Stuff like this. This is exactly what a federal government exists to do. Like, how are these people supposed to help themselves in this situation? This isn't a bootstrap situation. Like, this is the reason why we have a society. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. These problems are bigger than what an individual can solve on their own. And that's why we come together collectively. So that when people are in this type of rut, they can have some type of fucking support. Yeah. And so, you know, when you when you hear Brandon, I can't even bring himself to go to go see these people it's absurd you know and then of course you hear about this shit where again we've deregulated every single major industry to shit so these guys are all left to their own devices they police themselves they regulate themselves and so when this when this thing happens they're cleaning it up on their own which whatever instead of paying somebody to clean it, they're doing it at their pace or whatever with their contractors. And then when it comes to testing shit like the water supply, testing the you know the toxin levels in the air and all of that, they hire some third party vendor who they pay to hand out results to these citizens, people who are potential litigants. So these folks are supposed to trust the results <laughs> that are handed to them by the company that is hired by Norfolk Southern to test the toxicity levels of their water supply in their air. Make it make sense, Nando. <laughs> this, this is absurd. This, I mean, this is, this is America under neoliberalism. I mean, it's just what it is. Like, the state capacity is, like, so hollowed out. Like, I mean, this, this shit, like, wouldn't go down like this in 1960, you know? No. Like, when, when after the New Deal, you know, the New Deal was basically what it was. Beyond the sort of jobs programs and things like that. What it really was, was the building up of state capacity of the American state becoming a kind of modern pseudo social democratic entity that actually did look out for people's lives on some level and actually did kind of intervene in these kind of situations in a way that was more effective and had professionals and civil servants, people who who worked as experts and, and, and were involved in, in, in all things from like environmental regulation to labor issues to, you know, business regulation to uh, industrial planning, like a million things like, and since the neoliberal era, the, the, the idea is like the government should just step away from all spheres of life. Because the market is out. just going to figure it out. Yeah. Duh, the it's just... And you know what the fucking market says, Nando? That... 
this is just a blip in the profits. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Causing these net, these kinds of disasters and ruining people's lives, whatever it is that is going to cause to clean this up and, you know, sort of paper over it and make it look nice again or whatever, is just a fucking blip. That's what the market dictates, that they treat these people like shit, that they steamroll them. That's what the market tells them to do, because the bottom line is not affected by handling it this way. You know, yeah. and so that's why this whole idea just like, no, these market actors, a, why would they want to pollute a town? Why wouldn't they want to keep their workers safe with, with you know, with rails that actually aren't 1,000 years old so they don't have derailments? What? Why would anybody in the market want to do that, Nando? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> they, no I mean, uh... they wouldn't skip over this at the expense of profit. They would never do that. Listen, the fact that the rail that the rail companies are private, period, is unconscionable. Like yeah. it just it's just like a very obvious thing that should be nationalized. I mean, I think like broadly speaking, you know, ideologically, anything that is well uh, necessary for the free flow of the economy, you know, um, should be nationalized. Anything like that, you know, like there, there's no way you can't compete if you're a railroad, right? Like there's a fucking track. And you like I can't you and I can't start a competing railroad and build another track, you know it doesn't make any it's not sense. Gonna happen. So, for it to be private is really just a transfer of wealth from a yes. social good into the hands of private capitalists, you know. And so there's no reason why it shouldn't be nationalized. It would be much more efficient. It would be much more in the public interest. It would be you know if when it's privatized, it's just the only interest. It's profit, and. So, you know, like, I mean, obviously, like, you know, the, the right wing kind of caricature of caricature of love's like, oh, you want like the government to make your, your sneakers? And it's like, no, I mean, they should make some sneakers for the poor. Or whatever, yeah, but, like, yeah, there should be like, it's fine for, you know, you and I to start a sneaker company or whatever. But like, you just can't have in private hands things that should be social goods, right? Airlines. Yeah, 100 Electrical all of that. utilities, water. All of that, like 100%. But even it, but at the very least, if you're going to let these people make money hand over fist for no fucking reason, at the very least, regulate these fools, man. Like at the very least, if we're not gonna actually operate it, you know, as a government, as a people, if we're not just gonna nationalize this shit and take over it, take it over, there should be some kind of watchdog mechanism when. The, the, the lives, the health, the fates of so many people are riding on this shit. Like, you, these people yeah. should be amongst the most heavily regulated that exist. This, yeah. I, like, okay, you, we don't get to own it, but we watchdog the hell out of you motherfuckers. Because it's yeah. important. And it's, and it's not as if, like you said, you have some competition baked in that's going to make sure that you're keeping this stuff up the snuff and up the standard. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, <laughs> this, this, this Joker is up on Congress. Um, and as he's getting grilled in Congress, another one of his company's trains gets derailed in Alabama. It's wild. You cannot make this shit up. 
Listen, I hadn't thought about the fucking rail industry for one second until the, there was the labor issue right. that we covered on a few months ago. And when I heard that two fucking workers are hired to be on a train that could be as like long as like four miles long with like hundreds of carts with toxic chemicals. And they just got two fucking guys up there, you know, like, man, they are the, the whole thing about the whole thing about capitalism and for profit private enterprise is that they got to shave down as much as they can to the, where they're razor thin in terms of efficiencies. Right. That's what makes for good capitalists. Exactly. So Why what they'll say is like, possible. And, and if there's derailments that's baked into, they, they put that into the calculation, you know, like they can handle a few derailments as long as they're keeping the, you know, they don't have to pay these like high labor costs or, or they have to like, you know, do all kinds of safety regulations right, or have shorter right. trains yep. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, this is like, this story to me was this, the, the whole rail saga that's been, that we've been seeing this year is a perfect distillation of everything that is wrong with American politics in the last 40 years, right? Basically yeah. ever since the neoliberal turn in the 1970s. It's this like, this is like what, this is what happens in this kind of society, a society that is poorly regulated with a weak government, you know, with not strong labor unions, with no left party to, to you know, to speak of. Um, it's, this is the natural kind of outgrowth of that. It's just, um, it's inevitable. Yeah. And in the meanwhile, uh, people are getting grounded into dust. Uh, you know, you should check I would encourage you guys to go check out the North Perfect Union. They did a mini doc um, yeah. going down there and talking to people on the ground. And again, these are not these are just normal, everyday people. These are not folks with means like you like you can't take on a multi-billion dollar corporation after they fuck up your water supply after you feel like you're breathing in toxins in your own crib, in your own house. Yeah. Like they have no recourse, these folks, you know? So in the meantime, while, you know, all the fat cats are on their board, because of course it's a publicly traded company, Nando, we got to yeah. operate via the shareholder model. Um, and everything is about maximizing profit at literally every single human cost possible. Fuck like, like, the thing is, like, these folks don't care about the actual workers whose toil um, allows for them to make all of this profit. They don't care about those people who are actually, no. whose backs they're actually making the money on. You think they give a fuck about these random people in Ohio? Like, it's, it's like, they don't have loyalty to the people that's making them the money. Do you think they're going to have yeah. a, any sense of, like, civic duty to these no. folks in Ohio? And I'm just like, man, this is so crazy. Because, again, like, I'm just like, what do these people do? What do they do? Yeah. No, I mean, that's but one of the things the left always talks about, like socialists always talk about, is that one of the problems with capitalism and, and privatizing things is that privatizing something like rail like what you're just talking about they don't give a fuck about the people in east palestine obviously they can't it's it's just not in their it's calculus just, of the market. like that capitalism what it does is it privatizes gain but socializes cost so 
it, it doesn't bake in what are called externalities. You know what I mean? So like if a company is like polluting, you know, like that there's a huge cost to the people in of that course. community. They have to fucking clean the it up. They have to, system, the health the the healthcare whole, system. Everything. All of those costs, which are, you know, billions of dollars, um, are borne by people, not the company, right? Yeah. So it externalizes all those costs and it doesn't factor in to the company's bottom line. So it, but it, but all the gains are not shared by those same people, right? You know, they don't, they don't get to share in the profits. That's, that's the fundamental problem with privatizing things that should be public um, is that if, if there is a kind of external externality, often environmental, often health related, often whatever, sometimes they just like kill someone or whatever. Um, those costs are not, are not uh, borne by the, by the private entity they're, they're and again that used to be there was a time in this country where that like just to take it back to the workers having zero sick days paid sick days zero paid sick days uh there was a time in this country where like a company would boast about the way they treated their people <laughs> like yeah. our workers got the best of the best our workers look at the health care we give them look at this look man we treat our people amazingly blah 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 like, bro, like, like, do you think at the annual shareholders meeting or summit or retreat at any point, do they talk about how great their workers have it? <laughs> just, just as a concept, um, anybody who would try to bring that up as some kind of virtue would be completely laughed off um, the stage. Uh, the idea that they would be taking care of anybody but the fat cats. Um, but yeah, this is a story that I think it's the biggest story in America right now. Um, I don't give a fuck about Trump getting indicted in the Southern District of New York or, you know, um, Biden's proposing some fantasy budget that no Republican would ever go near and all of that other dumb shit, man. This is this is it. Uh, these, these folks yeah. are getting screwed in real time. Um, and, and it'll be a miracle if they get any justice at all after this. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's all I got. You got anything else, Nando? No, man. Just, uh, you know, uh, you ready for the Oscars? You got any predictions? I have no predictions. I still haven't seen most of these movies. Um, like I said, <laughs> I, I told you I got to see Tar, yes. which I was, I thought was incredible, which was, was dope. excellent. That is um, my but I haven't movie. seen, and I haven't watched the Fablemans. I haven't watched none of this other shit. Um, you haven't watched everything everywhere all at once? That's no, I, people keep talking about that. Have you seen it? Do you think it's good? I've seen it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good, but like, is it like adult tar. people good? It's not Tar. Okay, tar it's is, not Tar. Okay, Tar okay. is amazing. So it's not Tar. So wh which one, who do you think is the favorite to win Best Picture? Who do you think actually deserves to win Best Picture? I mean, the favorite is everything everywhere all at once. Pretty... Mm -hmm. Pretty clearly, I think, um, and I think the, des the deserved winner is Tar. Mm. I think Tar should win Best Picture, Everything. Best Director, Best, best Screenplay, and Best Actor. Yeah, I think mean, it should win every best award. Best Life, Tar. Yeah, dude, yeah. that movie I thought was fucking incredible. That was such a perfect incredible. kind of uh, examination of how power is wielded and shit. It's just fucking amazing. And it has um, shit to say about the current moment, but it's not very preachy without being annoying care. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They you have something to say about it, but it's just like, all right, that's besides the point. Um, yeah. And yes, the, the the nature of power and greatness as we define it and what it means for somebody to not just be great, but to be conscious of their greatness. Yeah. It's, you know. No, and, and, to be and to be great in a collaborative field, you know, like mm. 
like filmmaking or yes. orchestra conducting yep. or whatever. It's like or NBA basketball, John Murray. or NBA basketball. It's like, you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was fucking great. I mean, it's, uh, I, I really hope, uh, I really hope, Banshees of Sharon has a good run. You know, I, I hope I gotta Colin finish watching best actor. I, I started watching it. I was into it, of course. Like, I have a weird, I don't want to say obsession, but interest in Irish people from Ireland. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. This, not They're funny. The, not the annoying mix we got in New York. I'm good. I'm yeah, no. There's right. no fascination the with them. You know, the fuck, some fucking Sox fan. And, no, and, no, no, and, no, 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 no. Those people, I have no interest in them. But people, yeah. Irish people in Ireland, I'm interested in. And Me so, too. yeah, I definitely got to finish watching. They're them. hilarious and they're Catholic, dude. Yes. That's, that's why. <laughs> and they have this, like, we've been put upon chip on their shoulder that obviously I can relate to as a black man. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely got to finish watching that. But, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Make sure you are locked into our Patreon. Please make sure, if you can, if you haven't already, please donate to um, Jade Hoy and his family's GoFundMe. Um, Obviously, as you guys know by now, Jade was in a terrible accident in November. He's on his road to recovery, but it's a very long road ahead and as you know this is america the healthcare system being what it is uh he his family needs some help financially in that regard and i would say this um knowing jade for 10 years now uh this is somebody who i'm not just saying this this guy would give the shirt off his back to a stranger i've seen him do it um and so if anybody deserves um generosity it's jade hoy 1000 percent um, and so if you can, please give to uh, the GoFundMe. That'll be linked to this episode of uh, the description and all that kind of stuff. Again, we will see you guys next week. Peace out, y'all.